for that. We're happy that you are here. And, and we are happy that we are having a baptismal service this morning. You know, we are at Calvary. One of the things we want to be about is changed lives. That, Lord, you can come in one way and you can go out a different way when you come to church and hear the message of the gospel of Jesus Christ. And so many times people come into the church feeling hopeless and defeated. And yet testimony after testimony, they leave refreshed and encouraged because of the presence of God because of salvation, because we have put our full faith and trust in Jesus Christ. And that's really what it's all about, is surrendering your life to the Lord, to the Lord God, who sent his one and only son to Calvary to die in your place for your sins. That he died for you in your place. He is your substitutionary sacrifice. And when we trust and believe in him and ask him to forgive us of our sins, the Holy Spirit. We are born again by the Spirit of God, and we are His, and He is ours. And that's really what it's all about. And so many times, religion, as we said last week, just to give kind of a, or a few weeks ago, give a recap of uh, baptism, titled "Why We Baptize." Why do we baptize? And it's because there's a new life, and it's the washing away of the old, the dying of the old life. It's why we do that in essence. It's going to be a very short message, so you can uh, just wound, wind up now and you'll have to shut down early. But uh, the Christian baptism and worship uh, through many centuries off and on has eroded into something that it was not intended to be. As we said, is that uh, sometimes uh, churches got into the habit uh, and the tradition of sprinkling or baptizing infants, which really is not biblical at all. You see that nowhere in scriptures or in early church history done by the apostolic church or the first several hundred years of church history is something somebody had an idea that really wasn't biblical and it took hold. Um, infants cannot make an individual decision, a purposeful decision to trust in Christ as Savior. They're not aware of their sin yet. And so we don't baptize infants. Uh, we baptize uh, people who are old enough to know that they're sinners and repent and ask Christ to come into their life. And the significance of baptism by immersion uh, is that it is a scriptural method for being baptized uh, after a person is getting saved. And uh, it's very prominent and consistent throughout all the New Testament uh, and uh, the history of the early church. Historically and biblically, uh, from the time of Christ, believers had participated in baptism Sometimes with great fanfare and exuberance, sometimes with solemnity and reverence. But baptism has significance for individual believers, for the church, and even for non-believers. Can I tell you there's revival going on in pockets and parts of this country and the world? That the Spirit of God is being poured out? Can I tell you some good news? That in California there are churches who are baptizing again as it was in the charismatic days of the Jesus movement of the 60s and 70s. Uh, by the tens of thousands in the Pacific Ocean having mass baptisms because of conversions. Isn't that good news? Yes. We celebrate that. We're so happy for that. I'm trusting God and believing God that God is going to pour His Spirit out anew and afresh in the North Woods. Amen? Amen. And God is going to be doing a work here. The rivers and streams and the lakes uh, in this part of the country will be baptismal centers. <laughs> Uh, from the inside the woods to the smaller communities like Marinette Menominee. In some parts of the world, we know that sprinkling is done because of a lack of water. You know, God knows our circumstances, doesn't he? 
You know, but God expects, scripturally, uh, that we do by immersion where there's plenty of water to be had. In some parts of the world, there's lack of water that even water is scarce, but they make amends. When my father, my dad, uh, when I led him to the Lord, my privilege to do that, uh, he was in ICU at KU Med Center, and he had led him in faith, and he accepted Christ as Savior. And I said, Dad, what about baptism? We can't immerse you, but... You know, explain to him what baptism was all about. And he said, well, I was baptized as an infant. But I said, well, explain to him again what baptism meant biblically. And he said, I want to be baptized. Uh, and I said, let's do it. So went over to the sink and got a cup of water and dumped it on No, I didn't dump it on his head. Uh, I, I, I sprinkled him and baptized him in the name of the Father, Son, and Holy Spirit because of his faith in Christ. And you know what? God understands that that there's some people who can't, and so God sees that. But when it's possible, we need to follow the biblical model of water baptism by immersion because it has great significance in what it represents. So uh, I'm going to have a, just two points to my message today. Number one is that baptism is an act of obedience. Why do we get baptized afterwards? Saved. We get baptized because we want to be obedient to the command, say command, to the command of Christ. Some of Jesus' last words spoke to his disciples before his ascension into heaven was to go and make disciples of all nations. What did he say? Baptizing those who believe and teaching them all of my commands. So Jesus commanded it, and if he gave a command, shouldn't we do that? Because after all, uh, uh, John 14, 15, Jesus also said that if you love me, notice that word if, if you love me, Obey my commandments. Obey me. And so we get baptized. <clears throat> I think one of the uh, principal reasons is because Christ commanded it. And can I tell you that Christ will not command you to do anything that is not good, that is not right, that does not have significance. He will tell you never to do it. He will never tell you to do anything that is really insignificant or empty. Uh, any religious rite or ceremony has the life and the power of the Holy Spirit, when we obey the command of Christ, it unleashes, God does, the Holy Spirit to bless and anoint what we do when we do it in his name. Somebody say amen. Uh, <clears throat> I recently read an account uh, after Hurricane Andrew uh, in the Gulf is that uh, down in Florida, southern Florida, uh, was down there filming a widespread destruction of Hurricane Andrew back when that happened a few years back. And in one scene, um, I read that they were interviewing uh, a guy cleaning up his yard and the reporter approached him and he asked this question. He said, sir, why is your house the only one in the neighborhood still standing? You know, how did you manage to escape the severe damage of the hurricane? How did you, why is your house still here? And he said this, he said, I built it myself. I also built it according to the Florida State Building Code. When the code called for two by six roof trusses, I used two by six roof dresses. I, I was told that a house built according to the code in Florida would, would withstand a hurricane and survive. And I did it. I suppose no one else in this neighborhood probably followed the code. Obedience has a, has a benefit and a blessing, doesn't it? Obedience is, a char is characteristic, really innate, by the Holy Spirit inside of us leading us and guiding us into all truth. The Holy Spirit will lead and guide us into all truth and will lead and guide us to honor Christ 
honor God uh, by following his commands. In Matthew 28, 20, Jesus said, also, you know, as we said, teach new believers to observe everything that I've commanded. Not some things, but everything. Somebody say amen. And baptism is an act of obedience, both for the new believer and for the church. We baptize because we desire, we want, our highest priority is to obey Christ's command and to be pleasing to God. Is that right? You want to please God? You know, that's something that came upon me from the moment I received Christ as Savior, is the Holy Spirit inside, I thought, I don't want to do anything that isn't pleasing to God. I didn't want to offend God at all. I thought, boy, he, he cleansed me. He washed my sins away. And I feel free for the first time in my life. My, I, I feel like I have life and I, I have hope and encouragement. I have joy for the first time in many, many years. And I thought, this is awesome. And I, my greatest fear was that I might do something, fall back into my old ways so that I would displease the God who loved me so much. And that was inside of me, wanting to stay away from compromise and sin, but also wanting to do the things that please him. I didn't realize it at the time, but I did later, is that the way to find out what pleases God, okay, number one is reading the word of God. You read the word. And I think that there's one of the terrible, uh, that we're suffering the greatest consequences of a backslid nation is because we have backslid away from reading the word of God and honoring the word of God in our personal lives and in the public square. We need the word of God and the Holy Spirit, secondly, uh, empowers the word, anoints the word. It's a living word. Yes. He teaches us by his Holy Spirit inside. See, when we read the word, some listen, not, not just up here, but something in here. There's knowledge that is imparted to us supernaturally by the Holy Spirit that teaches us all truth that we know that we know that we know. We may not be smart enough yet or educated enough uh, in the Word of God to understand everything, but the Holy Spirit teaches us anyway and what my experience is, is I have found out after I started reading the Word and reading the Word that, oh, the Holy Spirit taught me that a long time ago. He's the living Word. See, He taught me what to do and what not to do. And it's not a legalistic code that He teaches me. It's like, do you want to have life and life to the full? Then obey. Serve God. Do what is pleasing to Him. And uh, second, my second point here, you know, baptism, uh, just close that up, baptism is an act of obedience for the new believer and the church. We baptize because we desire to obey Christ's commands. The second point, and last point, is baptism does what? It identifies us with Christ. Our identity changes, see, it changes from what we were called or what we did we are identified now with Christ and what he did. See? He becomes our life, and our life is hidden in Christ in God. And baptized, when we are baptized, we are coming into identity with him and what he did for us. Romans chapter 6, verses 1 through 5 uh, puts it best. Paul writes, well then, should we keep, and he's talking about grace before this, about grace, you know, we need grace, forgives us of our sins. And he says, well, should we keep on sinning so that God can show us more and more of his wonderful grace? And he says, of course not. New Living Translation. There's one translation that says, no way. 
You know, you know that's kind of stupid to go back into your sin. Of course not. We don't want to uh, be libertines when it comes to that and go back into what God hates because we have the spirit of Christ in us. And he goes on to explain that. You know, we don't want to do that since we have died to sin, died to sin. Our physical bodies are still alive. We're still breathing. We're still thinking. We're still doing things. But our sin life, our old sin nature is dead. It died when we accepted Christ as Savior. And since we have died to sin, how can we continue in it? Paul's just like, how can we do that? That's not possible, really. And in verse 3, he says, or have you forgotten? Sometimes we forget things, don't we? And Paul reminds them of the Romans. He says, have you forgotten that when we joined or identified with Christ Jesus in baptism, that we joined him in his death? Christ died literally physically for us on the cross. He was dead, physically dead. You know, they, they had tortured him and beat him, hung him on the cross. Uh, just to make sure he was dead, they thrust a spear under his ribs into his heart. His heart burst and poured out from that wound water and, uh, and blood separate, meaning that his heart had burst physically, scientifically, medically. He died, literally died for us. And verse 4, Paul says, for we died and were buried with Christ by baptism. How? By baptism. So we're identifying with the the work of grace that Christ finished on Calvary's cross when he died, was buried in the tomb for three days, three nights, and he rose from the dead victorious over death in the grave. And just as, Paul said, say just as. <clears throat> I love that phrase, just as. Christ was raised from the dead by the glorious power of the Father. Now we, say we, also may live new lives. We don't have to live the way we used to live. We don't have to live. That's good news, by the way, that I was trapped when I was backslidden. I was trapped in sin that brought shame and guilt, and it brought me no long-term pleasure, only short-term pleasure. And yet when I accepted Christ as Savior, I was made a new creature in Him. My life started over. It was like uh, the slate was wiped clean. And, and all my yesterdays, like one songwriter wrote, are buried in the deepest of sea and that old load of sin and guilt that I once carried, it's all gone. Praise God, I'm free. That's what a new life means when you trust Christ as Savior. Verse 4 says, when we died, we were buried with Christ by baptism. And just as Christ raised from the dead by the glorious power of the Father, now we also may live new lives. I like my new life in Christ. I'm not perfect by any stretch of the imagination. I have many faults. I, I, but I confess my sins daily to the Lord. And he promised that when I did, he would forgive me and cleanse me from all unrighteousness by the blood of Christ. I'm a new creature in Christ. My identity has changed. I'm no longer identified with this world, which will end one day. It'll burn. My new identity lies in Christ, in God. That's where I am. That's who I am. I'm a child of God, and he's identified me as his. He's adopted me into his family. I'm a child of the living God, the creator God. You know something else that I have because of that? 
because I identify with Christ, is I have a new residence. And one day I have a new home. You know, Donna and I bought a, a little house, just a little house that's uh, Spencer Lake, not on the lake. We couldn't afford that, but we bought this little house, a little two-bedroom, two-bathroom. That's why I got a two-bathrooms, double-car garage. That was me, too. Uh, but it's a very small house, just not a mansion by any stretch of the imagination. No, I'm not retiring. I plan to be here many years, if God willing. But we bought it there. You know, we need to go up and cut the grass, okay? So sometimes that's a little bit of a burden. But, uh, but uh, it's a place. Maybe someday, uh, if we live that long, maybe I'll retire there. I'll live there. But you know, that little house is not my permanent home. My permanent home... Right is in heaven in the new Jerusalem with the Lord. Jesus said that I go to prepare a place for you that where I am there you may also. Where at? In the mansions in heaven. I have a home prepared. My identity has changed. I'm no longer my, identified my old flesh and no longer identified along with my old sins and my failures, but I'm identified with Christ and his resurrection power and his victory. I'm his and he is mine. I have hope for the future because of that. Christ was raised from the dead by the glorious power of the Father, and because he was raised from the dead, I will be raised as well. And you, if you believe in Jesus. And verse 5 says, since we have been, have been is past tense, say it, have been. Since we have been, when we receive Christ as Savior, since we have been united with him in his death, we will also be raised with him uh, in life as he was. And so when we are baptized after we believe in Christ, we go through the not empty ceremony, not an empty religious rite, but through the power and the anointed act of our faith to identify with Christ's death, burial, and resurrection. That when he died, when we trusted him, our old sin nature died. And so in baptism, we die to ourselves. We are buried in a watery grave, submerged under the water, and we don't stay there. Our one little heard the story of one little girl. She's watching a baptism, and she says, Daddy, 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 why is that man putting that little girl under the water? Why is he holding her head down? But no, we don't stay dead, do we? But we come up out of the watery grave, symbolizing, identifying with his resurrection. Christ, that's what you did for me in the reality. And I'm doing it symbolically to identify with you. I'll tell you, new life, new life comes to those who trust in Christ and we follow through with water baptism. God honors that and he blesses that. I'm going to ask uh, just for you to stand with me. Water baptism is a witness to the saving work of Christ witness to the saving work of Christ is that when we are water baptized in a public way, see, some people have come to me over the past and they've said, hey, pastor, can you baptize me privately? And I said, no. No, it's a public event. We identify publicly with Christ. We don't do it in secret. God has no secret followers. Is that we identify publicly with him. If we are ashamed of him, he will be ashamed of us when we stand before him. Baptism symbolized that Christ died and was buried and rose again, so the believer has died, been buried, and rose again as well. And the Greek term baptizo, from the Koine Greek of which the New Testament was written, 
literally means, and I've said this before, dipping cloth into a dye. You take a cloth and you dip it into dye, into a vat of dye. And what baptizo literally means is that when that cloth, after it has been submerged, comes up out of that dye, it went in one way but came out different. And I'm here to tell you today, by the power of the anointing of the Holy Spirit, I believe that sincere believers who have repented of their sins, when they obey in water baptism, when they come up out of that water, that there is a blessing, there is a fresh anointing on their life. They go in one way, they come out different. The blessing of God is there. And uh, God speaks, I believe, to every person that this is my son, this is my daughter in whom I am well pleased. Praise God. Would you bow your heads in prayer today? Father, in Jesus' name, we thank you for the truth of God, for the word of God. We thank you, Lord, that it is powerful. Lord, the symbolism of water baptism for the believer, Lord, is not just an empty symbol, but it's a powerful symbol of, Lord, of what you have done for us as individuals. And so, God, we rejoice in that, and we celebrate each and every person who has, Lord, uh, has come forward and said, I want to be baptized. And Father, you would bless them today. Let us celebrate and enjoy our time together in Jesus' name. And Father, as we go out to do the baptismal, we pray in advance, Lord, for the blessing of God on the food that is prepared for us that others have worked so hard to do. We thank you, Lord God, for your blessing and for the fellowship that we have. Lord, we pray this in Jesus' name. Amen.